Father, thank you for the, our privilege to be together to proclaim your everlasting, ever-loving truth to our hearts. We ask that you give us ears to hear and a willing heart to obey. For your glory and our good, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I am amazed at how much there is to learn about prayer. As simple as the act of praying is, there's, no, there's so much that we can learn about this awesome, world-transforming conversation with God. The last two weeks, I've found myself in an ongoing dialogue of prayer with the Lord throughout my day. I found myself practicing what I've been preaching. I've probably asked more questions of the Lord lately than I ever have. And then I find myself listening for his answers and direction. I'm more aware of his presence in the whole of the Holy Spirit uh, throughout my day as a constant companion. That is the Holy Spirit as a companion who is waiting on me to respond to him by asking questions and prayer. I hope the same is true of you. Prayer is such a vital part of our Christian life and relationship with God and each other that it's critical that we learn all we can learn and practice what we learn about prayer. The last two weeks we've learned that we we haven't really prayed if our prayers make no request of God. Asking of God in prayer is a basic requirement or ingredient of prayer. That's why over and over and over again we find in Scripture God's open invitation. His open invitation for us to ask of Him. Therefore, the frequency of our requests and the nature of our requests reveal much about us as it does about the God we serve. We also learn how significant asking is in any and every healthy relationship. You can't have a healthy relationship without asking and answering good questions of the people with whom you are relating. There was a church in ancient Greece that the Apostle Paul had the responsibility to teach and to train. And in his letter to them, he wanted them to clearly understand a few things that were definitely God's will. And guess what? Constant prayer, constant asking of God was one of those things that the Apostle Paul wanted the church at Thessal uh, Thessalonica to learn. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul says this, Pray continually. Pray continually. There it is, simply asking of God. God doesn't get tired of us coming to Him with our questions and our concerns. And then Paul says to the church in verse 18, 
Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ. That's a continuation of the injunction to pray continually. Pray continually because that too is part of God's will for you and for me in Christ Jesus. Some Christians think hard. They think it's hard to know God's will for their lives. Some Christians think that God's will is, is this big mystery. No, God's word clearly tells us that it is God's will for us to pray continually. God's will is that our will is to pray seeking His will. God's will is that our will is to pray seeking His will continuously. And so if we seldom come to God with questions in prayer or we seldom ask Him the big questions, the big stuff of life, then we probably don't think He cares or we don't think He can deliver the big stuff. Or worse yet, we think we have another God who can. Today I want us to learn about praying according to God's will and according to God's word. But now let's be honest. Some of us have stopped praying. Or we don't pray as much because God has not answered our prayers. Am I right about it? The truth is that God always answers our prayers. Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. And sometimes the answer is wait. The problem is, is too often our attitude in prayer is, Lord, my will be done. But Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Father in heaven, your will be done. Right? Therefore, in our constant asking, we ought to be seeking the will of God concerning whatever it is that troubles our hearts. In his book on prayer titled Just Asking, Stuart McAlpine says this, to ask according to his will assumes a knowledge of that will. If we do not know what the will of God is, but we are required to ask according to it, then our asking has a problem. How else do we know how to ask, when to ask, what to ask for, and why we ask? How will we avoid being unwise in our asking? He says the Apostle Paul gives us the answer in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Paul taught the church in Ephesus when he wrote, Don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So how is God's will revealed then to us? We know God's will is revealed in His Holy Word. That's why it's important for us to read, to meditate, to memorize the Word of God. And of course, most importantly, we need to live it. The knowledge of God's will gives you the power and direction for living. It also gives us power and direction for praying. Did you know that most countries in the Western civilization built their constitution on biblical commands and principles? Did you know that? 
Even our own United States Constitution, you will find that our founders, our founding fathers, used biblical values, commands, and principles to shape the Constitution that guides our country even today. Now, our leaders have not always lived up to the ideals of our Constitution. We're fully aware of that. But thank God we can appeal to the conscience of our nation by pointing our leaders back to our Constitution, just like Dr. Martin Luther King and all the civil rights leaders did. When fighting for justice and civil rights, they called our nation to live up to the ideals that were etched in stone in our Constitution, built on the foundation of God's Word. It's one of the successes, probably the primary success of this nation. Anything good that comes out of America is based on the foundation of God's Word found in our Constitution. God intends for the Bible to also shape our prayer life. And by the way, if you've not been to the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C., you owe it to yourself to go and learn about the incredible influence the Holy Bible has had, not only on this nation, but in nations around the world. So God intends for the Bible to shape nations, but also to shape our personal prayer life. And that's why throughout the years I've always taught you to pray God's word back to him. One of the best ways to be assured that your prayers will be answered is to pray God's word back to him. For example, the New Testament book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 5, we find the quote from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, where God promises to never leave nor forsake his people. And the writer of Hebrews is quoting God's precious previous promise to his people, and he's quoting it now in the New Testament, in the New Testament church, he's quoting it to those who are worried about their financial security. Hebrews 13, 5. So if you ever wonder, if you've ever had any doubt whether you're going to be able to make it through some financial storm that you're going through, this verse, Hebrews 13, 5, is to be prayed. You ought to pray it. Hold it back to God. Like this. Now Lord, oh Lord, you know my financial situation. You know that I'm part of your people. Therefore, I claim this promise and I will trust you to provide for my needs and for those of my family. In Jesus' name, amen. Now do you think that God's going to honor a prayer? such as this, a faithful prayer based directly on a promise he made in his holy word? Absolutely. You can count on it. Why? Because the scripture reminds us that God is not a man that he should lie. He's a promise keeper, not a promise breaker. He loves us and he has committed himself to provide for us. Now, let me quickly add this. God also says in his word that if a man won't work, he won't eat. You can't be a lazy person, not willing to work, and expect God to answer your prayer about providing for you and your family. Okay? If you've got a job, and you're supposed to be at work at 8 o'clock, 
You can't be home at 8.30 talking about, oh Lord, please bless me and provide for my family. You need to get your behind out the door and get to work. Now you can pray on your way to work, Lord bless me and provide for my family. And make sure that you're on, you, you, you are on time to the job. So that you can have another, you can have the job to return to the next day. So, don't think that God will honor a prayer that is not in line with another part of his will. It's God's express will for us to be diligent to work if we are able to work. So we can't ignore one part of God's will and expect our prayer to be in line with another part of God's will. Here's another example. If you're married, it makes no sense for you to be praying, asking God whether you should divorce your spouse to marry another younger, more attractive person. That, that, that prayer is, is going to hit the ceiling, bounce right back down to you. God is very clear, and he didn't stutter when he said, I hate divorce. It's in the Bible. Now, sometimes divorce is out of your control. You may want to fight to stay in your marriage and work out whatever the problem is, but your spouse doesn't want to work it out. In that case, the Bible says, if a spouse is committed to leaving the marriage or refuse to take counsel and work it out, let them leave. That's what the Bible says. But it is never God's will to pray, Lord, please give me a divorce for my spouse. That is not God's will for you to pray. Because God says, I hate divorce. And the reason is because divorce represents his eternal covenant between Christ, the bridegroom, and his church, the bride. Therefore, every marriage on earth is a picture of the greater reality of the spiritual marriage between Christ, the bridegroom, and his church, the bride. Which is why we are to celebrate marriage in the church. And we are to do everything we can to preserve marriage and honor marriage and protect marriage and celebrate marriage like we did here today with these three couples celebrating their anniversaries. We are to make much of celebrating marriage because it is a picture of the eternal covenant between Christ the bridegroom and his church the bride. It's never God's will to pray, Lord, please give me a divorce for my spouse. We are taught to pray, Lord, teach me to be humble. Teach me to love and to forgive. Lord, bear in me and my spouse the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. Oh, Lord, do that in me and in my spouse. That's the prayer that God will hear. And that's why in John's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 7, Jesus said these words. He said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. 
Jesus understood the importance of aligning our will to the will of God the Father and that the Father's will is found in His Word. Jesus said, if, if, if you remain in me and my words, my words, Jesus said, if my words remain in you, then you can ask. Then and only then will you be granted what you ask for because your will is lined up with His will. Jesus not only understood this principle, <clears throat> excuse me, intellectually, but He also understood this principle experientially. Do you remember the night before Jesus died? After the Last Supper with his disciples there in the upper room inside Jerusalem, he went outside the walled city of Jerusalem, he led them down into and across the Kidron Valley and then up into the Olive Garden of Gethsemane to pray with them. It was there as he cried out to God the Father, sweating drops of blood, he asked, Father, please take this cup from me. Jesus was referring to that cup of excruciating death by crucifixion on the cross. And the cup of bearing the sins of the world on his soul. And the cup of suffering the rejection of God the Father because of our sin. Jesus prayed, if it be your will, please let this cup pass from me. But not. Your will be done. Jesus not only had this lesson as an intellectual exercise to teach others, he learned this lesson experientially. It's one of the things I absolutely love about our Lord Jesus Christ. He never ever asks us to do something that he doesn't already exemplify for us to do. He's not like some parents. Do as I say, not as I do. That's not Jesus. And parents, that ought not be you. Children, don't smoke. You better not be out there drinking and running around. That's how a lot of parents are. Do as I say, not as I do. Jesus says, do as I do. And do as I say, because whatever I tell you to do, I'm going to do. And I have done, and I'm doing, for your example. Jesus prayed, if it be your will, please let this cup pass, but not my will, yours be done. And we all know how that prayer was answered by God the Father, don't we? God the Father said no. He said no to his one and only son so that he could say yes to us. That's, that's deep right there. God the Father said no to Jesus' prayer to let the cup pass from him so that he could say yes
Hebrews chapter 10, verses 5 through 7 says this. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. Because Christ was to be that sacrifice. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. When we come before God, at His request, be sure to come humbly. Be sure to come boldly. And be sure to come seeking His will, not your own will. And if you don't know how to if you don't know what God's will is, then you should search the scriptures. Seek the counsel of godly leaders in the church. And then pray. Pray in the spirit, asking him to reveal the will, the heart of God. And then ask him for that will to be done. And then you can be assured. Then you can be assured that you will receive what you have asked for. Because you have remained in Christ and the words of Christ have remained in you. Therefore, you know what God's will is. Then when you pray, you are praying with an enlightened heart and mind, understanding God's will. And you can be sure that your prayers will be answered. I want to read in closing a section of the book, Just Asking by McAlpine. It says, there are many biblical characters whose asking is preserved for our instruction and encouragement. In every case, the power and the persuasiveness of the petition is grounded in the Word of God. David prays, for the sake of your word and according to your will, 2 Samuel 7, 21. Josiah's response upon the discovery of the Torah was this, ask of the Lord for me. Concerning the words of this book, 2 Chronicles 34. When he died, a record was made of his acts of devotion according to what is written in the law of the Lord. Ezra, he asks on the basis of the commands that you gave through your servants, the prophets. Nehemiah asked according to the word that had been read to the people every day for a week and confesses in response to the commands, decrees, and laws. Daniel, he records, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures according to the word of the Lord. So I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer. After, only after he understood from the scriptures according to the word of the Lord. Then Daniel went to pray. Our most compelling example is Jesus himself, the one who taught us to ask that we did not be led into temptation, who showed us how asking trials. It is written. It is written. It is written. Remember when he was tempted in the wilderness, Jesus? The devil came and tempted him, and he said, It is written. He re resorted to the scriptures. He stood firm on the foundation of God's word. And he knew that his prayer would be answered by God the Father. And he was delivered from the temptations from the devil himself. 
It's no surprise then. He says, equally we should not be surprised that the Acts of the Apostles records the asking of the early church according to the word as they pray Psalm 2 and Acts 4, 25. No doubt one of the Psalms referred to by Jesus. So from those days on, the story of the church has been peppered by the accounts of those who asked according to the word. George Mueller could not ask anything until his mind had been steadied and stayed on a particular text of scripture. So though, he, though I did not, he says, as it were, give myself to prayer, but to meditation, yet it turned almost immediately more or less into prayer. In other words, as he meditated on scripture, he was prompted to pray those scriptures right back to God. The lack of the word among professing believers explains the lack of asking or the dominance of selfish asking according to personal wants and not according to divine will. May God help us to learn to pray according to his will and according to his word. Let's stand as we pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. It's God's time of invitation. What is God saying to you today? How's your prayer life? Have you felt lately that your prayers have been bouncing off the ceiling? Well, maybe they have. Maybe it's because you really haven't understood the will of God. You haven't spent enough time praying searching the scriptures, meditating on the word for direction. See, prayer without the Bible has no direction and it has no dynamic. The word of God is directs us in our prayer and it empowers our prayer to break, to break through the ceiling to get to the throne room of heaven and to release the unwritten checks of God's answers to prayer. Oh church, would you recommit yourself this year in 2020 to daily reading, meditating on God's word, daily praying. As Lynn says, her husband prays over her every morning before he steps out to work. pray for yourself and others before you step out to face the war that is in this world every day. You do know there's a war against your soul. And the moment you wake up to the moment you lay down to sleep, Satan is warring against your soul. And you will never win a battle or the war unless you fight on your knees. You are never standing taller and more surer and firmer than when you are kneeling in prayer. So church, commit yourself to pray. Pray in your prayer closets at home. Pray throughout your day. Be in constant prayer before God. Of course, you can pray with your eyes open. You can pray as you're working, as you're traveling to and fro. 
just committing yourself and your troubles, your questions, your concerns to the Lord. And then be listening for his response, his direction, his answers to prayer. And then we encourage you to gather and pray with us on Wednesday night. Don't miss the opportunity to gather with the church and amplify your prayers as we come united our voices and our hearts in prayer, seeking God. Father, thank you so much for these, your people, and for this, your word to our hearts. Thank you that you've not left us without direction. You've not left us without enabling power of your Holy Spirit to pray and to be heard by you because we come in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, we come because we remain in him and your word remains in us. Therefore, we are sure that you will answer our prayers. Bless you now in Jesus' name. Amen.